Write this down. It's what we're going to focus everything on this morning. Repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action. A change of mind starts here, friends. Everything that I've read about repentance says it doesn't start with your behaviors and your actions. It starts with your mind, a change of mind about what you think, about what's important, about what your priorities are. It's a change of mind that then leads to a change of action. And that just gives me such a better picture of what Christ is calling me to daily. You'll see this on the screen, but I want to tell you, it goes beyond remorse and regret and feeling bad about your sin. Because it's possible, friends, to to stop and to realize something in your life and to, to feel sorry about that and feel bad about that. And let's be honest, a lot of times we're just thinking about the consequences we're going to face because sin has consequences. And so we stop and we regret that and we feel bad about that. Repentance goes beyond that. It's really a a judgment upon the past and a deliberate redirection for the future. Like I see my past, I see my behaviors, I see my attitudes, I see my thoughts for what they are. I see them the way the Lord sees them. I see them from his perspective. And now there is a deliberate redirection for the future. A change of mind that results in a change of action is repentance. And a lot of great things have gone on with our students this weekend, and and God has really stirred in their hearts in a lot of really special ways. So my prayer for you and why I wanted to speak on repentance, not only to you, but to the entire church this morning is because that change of mind leads to a change of action. Otherwise, church, let's be honest, one year from now, We'll probably have another event like this and Josh will come up with another theme and another t-shirt or hooded long sleeve t-shirt. Really nice. But our lives and the life of your student ministry and the life of the church won't look any different one year from now. If we just changed our minds and changed our thinking for about 48 hours and watched a video and got a t-shirt And we never allowed that change of mind to lead to a change of action. This morning, I want to look at a place that's familiar to a lot of people, a character that's familiar to a lot of people, a character that's sort of loved by a lot of people because we have a song that goes with him, okay? But I never studied him in terms of repentance. And now that I have... I can't wait to share it with as many people as possible. That character is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is found in Luke. Turn to the book of Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 19. We'll test all of you, young and old. All generations are here this morning. Zacchaeus was a... A wee little man. He's a wee little man. And in case you forget, a wee little man was he, all right? (laughs) We're going to repeat it. And I don't know, Josh, Josh, crowd's warming up now, all right? Josh texted me earlier this week. He's like, do you have a sermon title, all right? 
I'm at school. There's like a hundred people around me all day long. Some of them are here, all right? I'm like sermon title, sermon title, wee little man, woke. I said, put wee little woke man, all right? (laughs) He texts me back. He's like, are you serious? (laughs) And I can feel underneath, Will, this is Taylor's First Baptist, all right? Wee little woke man? I said, put it. So if you saw that on the cover of the bulletin this morning, Let's talk about the wee little woke man. What do we say woke means, students? Death into life, awareness of God. Let's just add on to it this morning, a change of mind that leads to a change of action. One more thing before we get into Luke chapter 19. This is gonna be key to what we see in the life of Zacchaeus this morning. So I want us all to agree upon it as a church this morning. I want to establish this morning that when we sin, we have sinned against God and God alone. We find that, friends, in Psalm 51, verse 4. You'll see it this morning. Many of you know it from that Psalm of David. After his sin with Bathsheba, he confesses to the Lord. He cries out to the Lord. We still connect and identify with it today. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. So I want you to tuck that away and I want you to remember that because we're gonna take a look at some sins, at some falling short this morning in the life of Zacchaeus and they're ultimately against God, just like all of mine. Let's turn to Luke chapter 19 and let's talk for a minute about Jericho. I've never been to the Middle East. I've never been to the Holy Land. I've never walked where Jesus walked. Some of you probably have. But it's always interesting for me to read about these places and learn about these places because they're not always the way I picture them. I picture them like a a picture in my Sunday school room when I was little. I picture them like the map in the back of my Bible. They look kind of dry and kind of dusty, you know? Jericho is this beautiful place. It is surrounded by palms. It is scented with balsam groves. It has dates and palm honey and myrrh and balsam. There's a continuous caravan of exports to the east coming through Jericho. It is a bustling, beautiful, fragrant place where this story takes place. And get this, friends, it's also a lush center for taxation. There's a lot of trade going on there. There's a lot of commerce. There are a lot of exports and there's a lot of taxes. What a perfect story. It's tax season, right? Who's just filled with good thoughts about the IRS right now? Man, I love those people. They're on my side, you know? Well, let's talk about tax collectors. You know, Jesus likes to associate with sinful people. He likes to associate with tax collectors So let's learn a few things about them before we read this morning. Tax collectors worked for the Roman government and they were considered traitors to the Jewish people. Okay, so the Roman government is now in charge and as a Jewish person, if you're working as a tax collector for the Roman government, you're, you're a traitor to me, you've betrayed me. They're ruthless bill collectors for a corrupt government. Get this, friends, they can charge whatever they want. So our IRS has a lot of codes and books and, and, and it 
constantly is being changed and updated. These guys, they can just charge you whatever they want to. They're extremely wealthy. Here's the last thing I learned about tax collectors. It's really interesting. There's a thing called the Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D. That's a source of Jewish law. That's where they get their thinking from and their, their law from. And in the Talmud, get this, a Jew has the sanction to lie to a murderer. I don't fully understand this. I need to study this further. But according to the Talmud, I have a sanction to lie to a murderer because a murderer is a murderer and I guess they're not worthy of the truth. I can, I can say a lie to a murderer. I can say a lie to a thief. I can lie to a tax collector according to the source of Jewish law. That's what people think about these. Now let's talk about Zacchaeus. You guys know he's a wee little man. Have you ever thought about this? He's been the object of stares and the brunt of jokes for his entire life. He's probably the kid who got pushed around. And I believe that Zacchaeus has learned to fight back. And I think the way he fought back, adults, you'll know what this means. Students, you'll learn what this means. I think Zacchaeus did what we call a climb the corporate ladder. And I'm not talking about the ladder from Genesis 28. I believe Zacchaeus climbed the corporate ladder and he became top chief tax collector. And he is now powerful and he's wealthy. But listen to this, he has no friends. Here's this guy who had power and wealth, prestige in a sense, but he doesn't have friendship. And here's the thing, he's heard stories. Jesus is a friend of tax collectors. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and Jesus took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Why were they displeased? He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. I want you to picture this. I like to picture things. I like images. Students know that from the weekend. I don't know exactly what a sycamore fig tree looks like, but we have a picture of a sycamore tree this morning. We're gonna show that to you. I want you to picture Zacchaeus tucked up in the branches of that sycamore tree. 
And Jesus stops. And students, we've already talked this weekend. Jesus likes to call people by name. Parker, you know, I like to call people by name, right? And sometimes students are like, I wish you hadn't learned my name this weekend, all right? Because you call it a lot. And Parker, it usually means not because you're misbehaving, but because you're actually listening. That's when I like to call your name. Jesus likes to call people's names. It's incredible. He knows everybody's name. And Jesus stops and he looks up. And I read this somewhere, friends. I can't write things this beautifully. It said his love filtered through the branches of that tree. And I believe he made eye contact with this guy, this this, this short guy who's climbed a tree. He made eye contact with him. And listen, I believe Zacchaeus has a cold, hard heart. And I believe a warmth began to fill that. And something began to stir in him like we've talked about this weekend. I want you to think about this. You've heard about rendering unto Caesar what is due to Caesar. My friend, Ms. Burgess, is here this morning. She's a social studies teacher. She talks about stuff like this. You had to give to Caesar what was due to Caesar. And that's what Zacchaeus has been doing. But now all of a sudden, he's been called by name. He's made eye contact, right? And he's like, I've got to render unto Christ an account for myself. So they go to his house. Do you know why I think that's important? Students, remember on on Friday night when we talked about the idea of home and we talked about the idea that the prodigal son had left home, right? You know what Jesus basically says to Zacchaeus here? Get this, I want to come, I want to be with you. I need a place to stay because I don't have a place to lay my head because I'm Jesus and I'm an itinerant preacher, which means I just travel around and speak and preach and heal. I don't really have a house to go back to. So I need a place to stay. But more importantly, I want to come and I want to be with you. I want to be at home with you. I want to share a meal with you. I want to laugh with you. That's what he says. I want to come and stay at your house. He says that to us. And I believe that Zacchaeus begins to realize, I've got to give an account of myself to Jesus. I believe his mind is being changed. And I believe he got out some kind of ledger book. And I believe he opened it. And he started going through it. And I'm going to tell you the things that were in his ledger book this morning, friends. Things like this. Money that he's extorted. That means taken illegally, okay? Money he's taken under the table when nobody knew about it. Money he's skimmed off the top. Money, money, money. Maybe he has records in here of all the people that he's charged these extravagant amounts to just because he could, just so that he could become powerful and wealthy. And it's all right here. And he opens his book up and his mind is changing. And he's giving an account to Christ of who he is and what he's done. Remember what I told you? Remember what we saw in Psalm 51? I've sinned against God and God alone. I haven't sinned against all these people. Maybe all the names are in here. Maybe all the the things I've done are in here. Maybe all the people I've cheated are in here, but I've sinned against God and God alone. And now he's at my house. 
And this might be one of the most important things I share with you this entire morning. You'll see it on the screen. Do you know what Zacchaeus had, friends? He had a bankrupt life. We know what it means to be bankrupt. We know when people are bankrupt, when, when companies are bankrupt, they say, I can't do this anymore. I can't pay my debts. I can't settle up. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the resources. So I'm declaring myself bankrupt, which means I've got nothing. And I believe on this particular day, as he pulls his ledger book out and as he goes through every person that he has, has, has cheated in some way to get him to where he is, he's saying to Christ, I really don't have a thing. It's called, friends, listen to this, it's called being spiritually poor. And spiritually poor means realizing that when we come before the Lord, we don't have a thing. Every one of us in this room this morning without Christ is spiritually poor. With him, we have all the riches of heaven. Without him, we have nothing. And then take a look, listen closely, go back, repentance, a change of mind. Zacchaeus has changed his mind about what's important. He's changed his mind about his priorities. He's changed his mind about what he believes about Christ because now he's right there in his home with him. And that change of mind leads to what? A change of action. What did Zacchaeus do? Luke tells us very clearly, he gave half of everything he had to the poor and he paid back anyone he had cheated. Everybody listed in here, listen, he pays them back four times as much. I never thought about this before. Maybe you've never thought about this either. When you sang Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he, do you realize he probably ended up poor? You ever thought about that? If I give half of of everything that I've got to the poor, and then in addition to that, I start paying everybody back that I ever cheated four times as much, I'm gonna end up really, really poor, quickly. The cheat all of a sudden became a philanthropist, a philanthropist student, someone who just does good for humans, who looks out for people, who cares about people and wants to use their resources in any way that they can to help people. That's a philanthropist. He was a cheat, now he's a philanthropist. He was a a thief who is making right with every person, not because he sinned against them, but because he sinned against God. That's a picture of repentance. And boy, do I love to tell people this. You tell me this morning, Jesus says, what does Jesus say about a rich man entering into heaven? Church, tell me this morning, how hard is it for a rich man to enter into heaven? Jesus says what? It is I brought a needle. I don't sew, all right? I don't know how to transport needles. So I put it in the sock, all right, for safekeeping. Because I don't, I mean, is there like an official thing for transporting needles, you know? This seems like a good idea. And I almost thought, you know, I don't even need to bring a needle this morning because nobody's gonna be able to see it. Well, that's part of the picture, okay? How many people out there have ever threaded a needle before? Put your hands down, all right? 
What does Jesus say? We have a picture this morning, friends. You're going to love it. They found a perfect one. Look at that. Yeah. You put that through this. And this is a whole nother sermon, but we'll leave him up for a minute. People come today. People come today and they say, what? I don't understand. Jesus says, the Bible says rich people can't go to heaven. It's all about what you're willing to give up. Remember the rich young ruler that came and asked, and then he walks away and we're led to believe that he wasn't willing to give his wealth up. You ready for this? Guess what just happened with the story of Zacchaeus? A rich man just entered into the kingdom of heaven. A camel just passed through the eye of the needle. And I'm going to tell you why this morning, church, because he had a change of mind that led to a change of action. And all of a sudden, I thought, what a beautiful picture of repentance. I want to add one more thing in this morning. This weekend, we have continuously come back to the gospel. How beautiful to see two salvations this weekend. And we, whether it was the story of the prodigal son or whether it was Jacob's ladder or whether it was Lazarus, we've talked about the gospel. I love to see the gospel woven throughout scripture. So take a look at these two statements. I'm not smart enough to come up with stuff like this, I promise. Zacchaeus climbed a tree to see Jesus where we've been for the past few minutes. How about this? Jesus died on a tree to save Zacchaeus. The gospel's all about trading places, right? The gospel is about Jesus saying, I'll take the punishment. I'll take the wrath of God against sin. I'll become sin. You'll get my righteousness. You'll be clothed in my righteousness. We'll trade, right? And Zacchaeus climbed up a tree to see Jesus, and Jesus would die on a tree to save Zacchaeus. So here's what I want to ask you this morning, church. What's in my ledger? What's in my ledger? What have I cheated God out of? Because I tell you this morning, I see a beautiful picture here. It gives me an idea. I believe if I, if, if I can come up with things this morning, I'm praying that God will put something on your heart this morning as there is a call to repentance, not only for our students, but for our entire church, that God will say, hey, here's something that you've kind of been withholding from me or that you've kept or that's not really yours, but you're holding on too tightly. And here's what I need you to do. I need you to pay me back four times as much because that's what Zacchaeus did. And so I just made a quick little list here. Sometimes I don't even want to make a list because I think God's going to work in you and speak to you. But, but sometimes we don't, you know, we don't think we're, we're like, well, I don't, I haven't cheated a bunch of people. I don't have a ledger book with all my bad business dealings. 
What if you have bitterness or a lack of forgiveness? And it's recorded in your ledger book. And you hold on to it. And you know it affects your ability to worship. You know it affects your ability to read scripture and to to face each day because you just are holding on to that and it's recorded here in your book. I wanna challenge you this morning to give that back to the Lord four times over. And actually with that one, if we wanna talk about forgiveness, we don't have to go four. You know what we can do? We can go ahead and go 70 times seven, right? Which I just heard, I love to talk about 70 times seven. Seven is the perfect number. It's infinite forgiveness. We'll start with four times as much. I won't ask you to raise your hand on this because you would worry about it too much, but how many people struggle with worry? And it's recorded in your ledger. And this morning you lay that before the Lord and you say, there's a change in my mind about worry because I claim scripture about worry and I know what God's word says about worry. So I'm changing my mind about that, but I'm changing my action too. So like Zacchaeus, my actions are gonna show that my mind has been changed about worry. One of the things that we've kind of keyed in on with this, this theme of woke and waking up and not sleeping and not slumbering is just apathy and laziness towards the things of the Lord. And I've said to the students several times this weekend, there's such an urgency to the gospel. And so maybe this morning you say to the Lord, four times as much of my energy and my output and my passion, I don't want to be apathetic if you don't. It just means I don't really care. I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to change my mind and I want to see my actions change. I want to get involved in a small group. I want to get involved in a Bible study. I want to be more committed to the the ministry of the students or the ministry of the church or I've been thinking about starting a Bible study, or I've been thinking about talking to this friend. I don't wanna be lazy and apathetic and don't care about that. I wanna do something. A change of mind leads to a change of action. Maybe it is for you this morning, greed. Maybe it's a false idol. Early, early on, God already knows false idols are gonna be hard for us. And maybe this morning you're thinking, God's putting on your heart, here's this thing that is just way too important to me. And I need to give back four times as much of who I am. I love to tell people this, I heard it somewhere, I am not your Holy Spirit. So I'm not up here this morning to work and to speak and to move, but the Holy Spirit of God that fills every believer can show us each this morning what we've cheated the Lord out of and what we need to pay him back because against him and him alone have we sinned. You know, response times are always interesting and I like to have a response time because I heard this somewhere, Jesus called for a public response. Jesus many times said, here it is, truth has been presented, what are you gonna do with it? And if we're honest people then, we're just like people now. Some people responded and were changed and some people just walked away. This morning, 
we want to have an opportunity for the church to respond, not only just our students, but I do want to speak to our students for a moment. If God has done something in your life this morning, if you're committing some part of your life or, or, or God's calling you to make some change and, and even your thinking as a result of this time we've had together is changing and your actions you want to change, I challenge you to come forward this morning and pray here at the front of the church. Not as a show sign of look, but, but to show this church God is working in us and God is moving in us and this church would be incredibly encouraged by that. And many times, many times in my own life, there's something about stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping out of that pew with your, with your black t-shirt on and coming and saying, hey, this really shows God's done something in me this weekend. I wanna challenge our parents this morning. If you have a student up here, would you come and take them by the hand and pray over them up here? We don't do that enough. And there are students here this morning who are visitors or their families aren't able to be here this morning, but there's a lot of adults in this church that cared about them. There are people that have led them this weekend. There are people that have hosted them this weekend. Would you take one of them by the hand and bring them up here and just pray over them and pray that they will live out the things that God has put on their heart this weekend? Parents, if you have a senior, please come and pray over them. So I've been talking to some of them this weekend and they're facing a lot of decisions about the future. I love this one. Parents, if you have an eighth grader, would you come and pray over them this morning? Because in just a few months, they take that step into high school and the next part of their lives is huge. But I believe it would honor the Lord this morning if our students were prayed over. As many of them understand repentance, and they're ready to make changes. They've had a change of mind. They're ready for their actions to reflect that. I've challenged you as a church, if there's something that you're holding on to, something that you've withheld, cheated the Lord out of, would you come this morning and lay that before the Lord and commit to give him so much more back? And God will honor that in such a special way. It'll be a really significant moment, I pray, in the life of this church. This isn't just a weekend for students. This is a significant event in the life of this church this morning, I believe. And I have enjoyed so much being with you and seeing what God's doing here. A change of mind that leads to a change of action. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up this morning. I've enjoyed being with them all weekend long. I wanna pray over you. God's gonna give us an opportunity to respond in a public way this morning to what's been presented. Let's pray. God, this morning we praise you that you are a faithful, just, consistent God that you never change. God, that you call us to repentance beginning in the Old Testament, coming through John the Baptist to Jesus himself, and God, we believe the kingdom of heaven is near and we believe that Christ has called us, Jesus has called us to repent of our sins. And as we have heard this morning, that is a change of mind, but it results in a change of action. And God, I pray there would be a great stirring of your spirit in this church this morning. 
I pray that across generations, as we came together for just one time of worship this morning, yes, to celebrate what you've done in the life of our students, but also to see what you have for this entire church, God. I pray there would be a great stirring in our souls this morning to reflect the changes that you've made in our hearts and our minds and for our actions as we leave this place to show that to the world, that people would let go of things this morning, that people would release things, that people would experience the freedom that you've called us to, that we wouldn't hold on to things so tightly like Zacchaeus had done. God, he was powerful and he was wealthy, but he was bankrupt. God, would you just be honored this morning and glorified this morning as lives are changed, as hearts are changed, as people repent, as we pray over our students, would you be honored in that? We pray in the strong and powerful name of Christ, amen.